The information contained within the following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. All opinions, views, and statements are those of the panelists and not representative of any business, nonprofit organization, deity, or governmental organization. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Utah Outcast. We are a semi-weekly podcast that brings you uncensored and unabashedly atheist content each time that we turn on the mic. We are based in one of America's most egregious theocracies, Utah. And just because we're in Mormon Mecca, don't think we talk simply local news. Hell to the no. We we cover events and topics that range worldwide. I'm your glorious host this week, uh, and I go by the moniker X. And this is our current events and serious topic discussions show, so let's get to it, shall we? I'm just a little black rain cloud hovering under the honey tree. I'm only a little black rain cloud. Pay no attention to little me. Oh, everyone knows that a rain cloud never is funny. No, not a nip. I'm just floating around over the ground, wondering where I will drip. Televangelist Rick Joyner said some completely inane, stupid shit just this last week. Uh, this comes from the Patheos blog from the Friendly Atheist. It's a uh, Rick Joyner. God visited our church as a cloud and made it rain inside the building. Yes, you heard that right. So this is uh, from his blog. He says that in a bizarre tangent this morning on Morningstar TV, which must be the Roku-based television thing where all of these crazy right-wing assholes do their show. I mean, I can't hate because, fuck, if I had a chance to be on that kind of platform, I'd do it too. Morningstar TV, though, that mor- the Morningstar is Satan. I, I don't know if they realize that or not. But anyway, Rick Joyner talked about how God appeared in a cloud in his church moving across the stage. He added that God also caused it to rain inside the building, even though it was sunny outside. I would like to have the kind of drugs that these guys had to have something like this happen to him. And he said there's even video proof somewhere. Uh, anyway, this is, uh, you know they're not going to come up with a video of this. It's probably the sprinklers going off. But here's a Rick Joyner statement here. We're going to experience the presence of the Lord, capital L, now that we've had some encounters. As Morningstar knows, we've had visitations occasionally, spectacular ones with a cloud appearing in the middle of the stage, two or three. Is it a cloud, two clouds, or three clouds, Rick? It's kind of necessary that you nail these details down. Oh, wait, you're talking Christian miracles and everything. No, no, details don't count at all when it comes to that. You know, you just trump it up every... Oh, did I say Trump? I'm not supposed to be talking Trump this week. I'm trying to stay away from Trump news. Anyway... Several thousand people saw that cloud, appeared, then move horizontally across the stage. It was like a pillar of cloud. Okay. You said, appearing in the middle of the stage, two or three. Now you said, a pillar of, a pillar of cloud. The fuck are you talking about? We've had times when here in our dot dot dot, it rained inside. Now I'm talking about big raindrops. Got it on video in our archive somewhere. That's never going to see the light of day. I mean, it was like a downpour, a shower inside the building. And it was clear sunshine outside. 
and it wasn't the roof leaking or anything. Probably the roof leaking or something there, Rick. I, I, I don't believe you at all. And so according to the, the blog here, Ahimet says that thousands of people allegedly watched a cloud drift across, across the stage at church and then no one thought to take a goddamn picture. I paraphrased that last line there. How did the meteorologist miss the indoor tsunami that could not possibly have had any other natural explanation? God just wants to make his presence known by appearing to the world as a rain cloud, but only in places where no one has a camera and everyone's really gullible and nowhere else. So, But apparently Rick has made this kind of dubious claim back in 2012 when he saw an amputated finger almost grow back through the power of prayer. Well, she turned me into a newt. But I got better. I mean, how does somebody almost grow a finger back? Uh, but here's the, here's the funny part about it is that it was almost growing back until the prayer got um, uh, it got interrupted. So you're telling me that the power of prayer can't work through somebody being you know, being annoying on the side of the stage. You know, people like me heckling the guys doing the praying. I, I, you're telling me that it, you're not going to be able to grow a finger back if it was already growing back. You can't just start all over again. What a fucking idiot. Anyway, Rick Joyner is just famous for this kind of shit, and at least he's not wearing his dumbass um, Harley Davidson jacket like he was in the, the video that we did a couple of weeks ago with him, and it. it's it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand this guy at all. I think people think that I'm nuts. Uh, some people do. <laughs> and they think that, um, you know, you, if you think this way, you just there, there's something wrong with you. But let me ask you this. Have you, have you spent any time seriously considering, gosh, the time period we're entering in, I may have to make the same kind of choices that Bonhoeffer did, or, you know, and really, has that washed over you? We've got another one here from Pathios with uh, Friendly Atheist, so thanks a lot, Hemet. We really appreciate the, the news articles that you make every week that we get to use and talk about. Glenn Beck and David Barton, you know, Glenn Beck, he's best known for his delusional conspiracy theories, um, among other things there, Hemet. Uh, and David Barton, best known for his fictional revisionist history, are teaming together to create a museum where they could teach classes. So here's the quote down here. David and I would like you to help us, Beck said. We are in the acquisition acquisition phase we are trying to buy the good and the bad so we have it all and some fun things in history to be able to bring people who don't want to learn history okay hang on and to all this doesn't make any goddamn sense this is glenn's way of talking all through and through so it's hard to read when you uh, actually have it all typed out in front of you and so also some fun things in history to be able to bring the people who don't want to learn history to bring them in as well so are we talking like the, the ruby slippers of the Smithsonian, Fonzie's jacket? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, that's still history. I, I don't know what he means here. But he says, but our goal is to acquire, build, and then teach. We'd like to run 100 kids a week through it. I'd like to spend summers just David and I teaching every single day. Sounds like a terrible idea, Glenn. It, is your internet broadcasting thing not working for you anymore? Is the blaze going down that hard? And David Barton is a just a a well debunked liar. He's full of shit. I mean, we've even looked at his uh his PhDs that he had where he 
you can't really back them up with anything. I I don't know how the guy consider himself a you know a doctor of any kind of history at all. He he's just a a sham. And Glenn Beck wants to live out his his golden years. Like that's about the only thing I could think of teaching little kids false history and conspiracy theories. Are you going to wheel out your fucking chalkboard and start, you know, jotting down every random idea that you have so you could tie it all into each other and make things work? No, that's, that's not going to work at all. But the funny thing is, is like, I, we're seeing this resurgence right now of a lot of uh, super-duper Christians right now trying to, uh, what's the best term I can make here, trying to legitimize their outrageous beliefs by making museums and stuff. We have the Ark Park, which, fuck, I can't wait for that thing to fail. Mainly because I want to see it turn into a casino. That'd be amazing. Could you imagine playing slots in the in Noah's Ark? That'd be funny as shit. You'd have some sort of giant jackpot that would go down the poop chute. Yeah, the poop chute that's on the Ark Experience Park, where they, they explain how the well in the middle of the ship was used to ferry away all the animal feces and everything. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, I'm off topic. But they use these museums and stuff to add some sort of air of legitimacy to their crazy beliefs. The Creation Museum, I heard it's got some great animatronics and everything, and as a technical thing, I would love to see it. But at the same time, they're trying to reach malleable minds at an early age and make them believe things instead of you, you know teaching them truths. But, I mean, that that's how Christianity propagates. That's how Islam propagates. That's how all of this goes on. As they prey on the, the young and the dumb. Not specifically in that order, mind you, but I don't understand how them thinking they're, they're going to open a museum is going to be somehow profitable. Maybe it is. Maybe it won't be. I, I don't know. But Glenn Beck is just definitely not the person I would ever visit a museum for. I mean, I'm not even going to visit the Ken Ham thing, but Glenn Beck, definitely not. And I can't imagine he has very much left to, left going on for him that is going to be a draw. That, and call me crazy. I don't know. And David Barton. I, I've talked about him at, at length, and I honestly hate the motherfucker. Only because he's one of those people that fetishizes the, the founding documents of this country. He's one of those people that thinks that they were divinely inspired. And if you've heard the show at any point before... You've heard me wretch anytime someone goes, oh, this was a God-inspired document. It's like, oh, that's fucking gross. Most of the people that wrote that thing didn't believe in a true God. They were deists at the time. And the ones that did believe in God, they weren't trying to shovel it onto somebody else. They, that's not what they wanted with this country. Most of those people escaped the fucking Church of England where you had a state-sanctioned fucking religion. And they didn't like that at all. But David Barton, no, if he had a choice, he would make everybody Christian, make everybody a believer. Because that's the right thing. Nope, they're not. They're dead. Do you ever wonder why certain states want to secede? I mean, we've heard it from Texas a bunch of times, and I think California's even brought it up a couple of, a, a few times. I mean, it's all masturbatory because no one's actually going to secede from the union because I... Or maybe I should stop using stuff like never and won't and can't and stuff like that, especially after this last year where, fuck, I mean, we went on for months and months and months talking about Trump is never going to be president. This is not going to happen. People are smarter than this. This won't happen. No, I mean, he really fucking won. And we've been dealing with that all goddamn week with this crazy shit that's going on. 
And I'm not trying to interject Trump into a lot of stuff because fuck, I, I know you guys have been getting it from everywhere. And so I just want to talk about this little news item that we got, like I said, from Raw Story. This one is headlined, CalExit takes a step closer. Group cleared to collect signatures for ballot measure. And this came out a couple of days ago, and it came from the International Business Times originally. And it says, the prospect of California seceding from the union took a step closer Thursday when supporters of the campaign were cleared to begin collecting signatures to get the so-called CalExit initiative on the ballot in 2018. Uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla made the announcement that the hundreds of thousands of signatures required could now be collected. If the campaign is successful in obtaining at least half a million, 585,000 votes required by July 25th, then the measure would go on the ballot in 2018. Where a majority of voters were to vote in favor, it would remove clauses from the California Constitution stating that the state is an inseparable part of the United States of America and the United States Constitution is the supreme law of the land. If it passes in a special election similar to the Brexit vote in the UK, it would be held in March 2019 asking voters if they want California to become an independent country. 55% of voters would need to cast their vote in favor, which really isn't that much. Uh, you'd have to have a lot of fucking people wanting to do it. Uh, but the thing is, is that California is the sixth largest economy in the in the world. That's nothing to fucking sneeze at. That's pretty amazing. They have a, a GDP of 2.4 trillion from 2015. That's a lot of goddamn money. And it's that's only behind. So if it wasn't included in the US, it would go United States, China, Japan, Germany, UK, California. That's fucking amazing. So I, I don't think it would happen. I, I don't believe it'll happen. It's just an interesting exercise to think about. Um, I mean, honestly, if California were to leave, that means they might have to impose tariffs on movies coming out of there. I We get a lot of agriculture from California. There's a lot of booze that comes from California. I mean, it's it's a big fucking state. I mean, it's really big. If you think about it, the only two states on top of it are Oregon and Washington, and that's that's a good fucking chunk up there. I mean, that's that's southern Canada, really. And even then, I would think that the the Pacific Northwest would break off along with California and start a, a new branch of a new country of those three states. I mean, probably not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know how many times I have to say that, but I just I don't. I, this world is so fucking topsy turvy nowadays. I can't I can't believe that stuff like this is becoming the norm to see. But the, the article goes on to say that California loses by being part of America culturally and financially, said Marcus Ruiz Evans, one of the Calexit Group founders. It could be a nation all its own. Everybody knows that. The only question is if they want to break off. The seal of the state of California is displayed on the front of the California Statue Building on November 22, 2016 in San Francisco, California. Oh, sorry, it's a, I'm reading a caption for a photo that didn't show up. So everybody's freaking out because Trump's president and they're, they're actually talking about independence because they don't want to be ruled by the orange Cheeto one. And yes, I am demeaning the president by saying mean things like that. But if you have honestly haven't heard it listening to the show by now, I, I don't know what you're expecting. <laughs> but they say, in our view, the United States of America represents so many things that conflict with Californian values, reads a line on the front page of the Yes, California website. 
Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, you look at how, you know, Trump loves to point to his red map of, you know, I won by the biggest landslides. Like, no, dude, you had like the 46th largest in when it comes to electoral win and you had you lost the popular vote by three million so you can't really claim you know all of this country is this way but if you think think about it california has done some crazy shit in the past too i mean look at what happened with prop eight i mean fuck but what would that be would you actually have to have a brand new border and how would you I don't know how they would possibly implement this. I mean, would people still have free travel in and out? Would you have to have a passport to go into there if it's not a part of the U.S.? And I mean, and the the United States is not just going to let them secede. I think there would be a war, or you know, at least they would have a civil war within their own place. Because I know Eastern California wants to break off from Western California because the conservatives hate the liberals there. And I don't know. Let's just give most of this back to Mexico. How about that? That works for me. I like tacos. Uh, however, there is a long road to go before CalEx it becomes a reality. The number of Californians supporting independence has increased sharply, up to 32%, as indicated by a Reuters opinion poll. But that figure is somewhat short of the majority. Yeah, no shit, dude. 32 is not 55%. Um, even if Californians approve the initiative, it would require an amendment to the, Consti the U.S. Constitution which would need approval of three quarters of the states. And that that's not going to happen. Oh man. Uh, America hates California already. It says, and, and America votes on emotions. I think that we have the votes today. If we held it, you know, I didn't think of that because now that it's a largely conservative, everything, they probably would vote California out because that's where the liberals are. So, uh, Viva California. I think we should all move there. Could you be quiet, please? What was that? I don't know. It's too busy talking a big nose. I think it was blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> What's so special about the cheesemakers? Well, obviously, it's not meant to be taken literally. It refers to any manufacturers of dairy products. See, if you haven't been going on with the word, that big nose. Hey, say that once more, I'll smash your bloody face in. Oh. Better keep listening. Might be a bit about blessed are the big noses. Oh, lay off him. Oh, you're not so bad yourself, conk face. Where are you two from? No city? One more time, mate. I'll take you to fucking cleaner. Language! And don't pick your nose. How surprised would you be to know that Kentucky has introduced a bill to make the Bible part of public school curriculum? Yes, you, you heard me right there. This comes from the Danthropology blog on Pathios. Two Kentucky Republicans have introduced a bill that would make the Christian Bible especially the crucifixion of Jesus, the trials of Job, and the Ten Commandments part of public high school curriculum. Republican representatives D.J. Johnson, he must spin them wheels of steel with some amazing fucking tricks, I don't know, not a funny joke, and Wesley Morgan say that the bill would provide a prerequisites to understanding contemporary society and culture. Now, they bring this up thinking that learning the Bible, or at least learning the, the, the impact that it had on this country as a whole. I mean, this is a very fucking Christian country. I'm not going to say this is a Christian country because I don't believe that shit. But there are a lot of fucking Christians in this country. Even the ones that are just not really. The ones that are probably more in line with the nuns or they're, they're shitty Christians. That's about the best way I can think of it. Like, 
I don't believe in going to church, but I love God and I think Jesus is for real. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I fucking roll my eyes whenever people are like, oh, God, help us. Please, baby Jesus, with your sweet little baby hands in the manger. It it bugs the fuck out of me when I hear stuff like that. I was watching a TV show earlier today. It, it's the, I don't even know what the fuck it's called, but it was just random TV while me and my wife were just enjoying a little bit of downtime. And it was one where they were trying to, they, they give these people like 28 days to disappear. And if they make it, they get like a, a quarter of a million dollars. And there's this one couple that, you know, they started talking about how they're, they're good at staying off the grid. And apparently they made it like 18 days. And, but the whole thing was like when they first showed them, like they had signs in their yard, like Jesus is the answer. And I'm like, well, what's the question? I don't know what the fuck you guys mean by this. And they were praying as they were running away from the, the marshals that were after them. And I was watching this whole thing and I was like, Please let them get caught. Please fucking let these people get caught. Any of these Christ botherers, I'm like, fucking, I hate these people. And it's not a seething hate. Like, I, I want to destroy property or etch something into their lawn or, you know, carve something into their leg. You know, nothing like that. Oh, their furniture legs, not not their actual legs. Nothing like that. It's, it's more of a, okay, you're going to rely on all this other shit. You don't deserve to win because you're not pushing yourself. Even though most of us know that when they're making a call out to a higher being like that or a call out to something else, they're asking for, you know, tapping into the will that's inside them to do shit. But anyway, they got caught and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed and my wife turned to me. She's like, what's so funny? I'm like, hmm, nothing, because she thinks I get kind of mean sometimes when, when it comes to followers and Christ botherers and stuff. And I'm like, no, that's OK. I, I'd rather not get into this kind of discussion or fight or anything. So back to these Kentuckians, they say, uh, Representative Johnson says, whether you believe that it's the word of God or you think that it's complete fiction, you can't deny the impact it's had on our culture. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Johnson, which culture is this? Uh, which impact am I supposed to be experiencing? Okay, I admit it. they there is a lot of Jesus and God and stuff, especially like in the early seasons of the Simpsons and stuff. I mean, it's been there. I mean, there's not a TV show that goes by that doesn't have a believer in it. I mean, fuck, I think Roseanne, they were, you know, Christian. I, I don't remember exactly, but like, it's just everywhere. It literally is everywhere. And I get that. But the lawmakers say that the bill is not meant to promote Christianity. Mm hmm. Yeah, right. And that schools should remain neutral on the topic of, of religion. Well, okay, we, I agree with you there. They should remain neutral. They, they actually should not be talking about religion. I mean, it's something to learn about, but it's not something they should be promoting. The bill, however, does not ask educators to talk about other religions. And that's where I start to have a problem with this whole thing. You're trying to sneak it in, and you're going to make it the only thing that we're supposed to talk about. And I'm going to bring up a guy's name, and it's Jim Potash but it's probably potash, I don't know, of the Kentucky Secular Society is not buying the neutrality claim. I don't think we would really just be teaching about, I think really would just be teaching about religion. I think I'd have to worry about them actually preaching religion, he says. So if any school is going to teach religion, it must be a world religion or a comparative religion course in which all religions are discussed openly and 
and a healthy debate among students can be had there. The answer is not treating the Bible as if it had some usefulness outside of religion. Because honestly, it doesn't. It's a, it's a terrible fucking book. I, people may disagree with me on something like that, but I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that the Bible is a good book. It's not the good book, I'd like to say. It's horribly boring. It's terribly written, badly compiled. It's not even written by the same people, you know, throughout. It's it's a it's a historical record of people using vocal history. And there's folks out there that believe this thing to be the inerrant word of God. Fuck all that, man. That's just that is just completely out there. So anyway, even religious scholars agree that this bill is problematic. So this is Mark Chansey, a professor at a Southern Methodist university. So it's a it's a Christian school. So. They said, we want to take the text seriously as sources from that time period without treating them uncritically and as straightforward history. That's a, that's a delicate dance because the minute teachers began treating the Bible as straightforward, completely unproblematic history, they slipped into making theological claims. Because, you know, you can't say that Noah is actually a true historical story because it didn't happen. There was no gopher wood ship with whatever fucking cubit by cubit that it was and it had a tiny ass fucking window. He didn't collect two of each animal. No, it didn't fucking happen. Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed by fire and brimstone and Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. Didn't happen. Jonah and the whale. Didn't happen. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on about this shit about didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Because it's a complete falsehood book. It's a it's a storybook that was handed down from sheep herds to other people, and they they did it through vocal history, and then they finally decided to write it down, and then other people co opted it and changed it and edited it and abridged it, and it's a it's a complete work of bunk. So it's just stupid. So this bill, which is not the first of its kind in the state, comes only weeks after Matt Bevan, you know, Governor Matt Bevan of Kentucky. Declare 2017 Year of the Bible. So I think we could pretty much claim that anything coming out of Kentucky regarding Christianity in schools is everything is just them trying to sneak shit into the school. So that's complete bullshit. I choose not to believe them. Hail Satan! <laughs> in Little Rock, Arkansas, one of my old stomping grounds, I, I know the place actually pretty well. The the whole family on my side comes from either Pine Bluff, Arkansas, which is a suburb of Little Rock, quite, like about maybe about 15, 20 miles away, or they come from Conway, which is a much further north into the, you know, the mountain, I wouldn't say mountainous area, but it's where a lot of gym mining comes from. But it's, it's seriously as bad as the shit that you saw in um, Justified, you know, the people, the hill people living out that way. It's kind of weird. Anyway. I'm not uh, ashamed to admit that I do come from hill people. <laughs> yeah, my breeding stock. We're hardy people. Anyway, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, this comes from KTHV, which is the local affiliate there for CBS. They're reporting that Lucian Greaves, our good buddy, I mean, we haven't had him on the show, but I fucking love everything the Satanic Temple does, and I had drinks with Shalice this weekend. Awesome. Uh, anyway, the proposal for the Satanic Temple Monument on the state capitol grounds has been deemed sufficient and will move on to a public hearing. So this past week, uh, a subcommittee with the Capital Arts and Grounds Commission cleared the proposal by the Satanic Temple. 
and if approved, the religious group would build the statue of Baphomet, a deity common incorporated into traditions of the occult. The proposal by the Satanic Temple came after a privately funded Ten Commandments monument was proposed by J- Senator Jason Rapert in 2016. And boy, it's been fun fighting that guy every fucking step of the way, I can tell. We think having both sends a message that we still respect religious liberty and the government has no place dictating what is an appropriate religion and what is not, said Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple. So there's not been a date set for the public hearing, but a spokesperson with the committee said it'll likely be held after this year's legislative session. So if it's anything like Utah, it's going to be uh, in a couple of weeks, I would assume. But the real funny thing is, is like there were a shitload of people protesting this thing, and they have horrible signs up there saying, we reject Satan and his works, and it's like, if they only knew, if they only really knew. And God, we still trust. Like, no, dude, it has, it has nothing to do with that. I think Satanic Temple's doing some amazing work up there. And I know I just misspoke there, but... <sighs> and to look at the comments, because it's always fun to read comments from conservative areas of the country like that. I mean, Arkansas is getting decently... Uh, decent, more modern than when I lived there. <laughs> so somebody's like, well, absolutely not. And somebody replies, why not? Because it's satanic. There you go. In a nutshell, that's the only thing people see whenever they hear of the satanic temple. That They hear the word Satan, and they immediately close up shop. And I find it hilarious. But it comes down to, finally, you have to realize that you can't have just one religion represented in a building like that, if you can't, you have to have all of them represented. Then they're going to find this out the hard way, or they're going to be losing a lot of money with a lawsuit. So go, go, Satanic Temple. Go ahead and piss off those Christians. I don't care. It's this is going to be good times. I mean, it's it's sad that it's taking so goddamn long to get done, but I'm really looking forward to seeing people gnashing and wailing and tearing their clothes because they there's an, a Satanic monument. Baphomet, I mean, big fucking deal. But it's going to be great, great to have a have a new home for the statue, which would be funny. Anyway, I really thought that was funny. Guess what? I'm gay. Yay! <laughs> Going a little bit local on this one, I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a pair of gay rights advocacy advocacy groups here in Utah that said Thursday that a judge should halt the state school laws that discriminate against LGBT students by restricting their talk about homosexuality in schools. So these laws create a a chilling culture of silence that stigmatizes LGBTQ students, said Equality Utah, and the National Center for Lesbian Rights said in a news release the day after seeking a preliminary injunction against the laws. The move, following the filing of a lawsuit in October, Its only purpose is to express the state's moral disapproval for homosexuality and codify the views of those within the community who harbor such disapproval, lawyers wrote on the legal filing. The state of Utah has denied that it has anti-gay school laws. Come on, Utah. Really? I live here. You live here. You know that you hate anybody that's not a Stepford person. They're not cookie cutter. They're not lockstepping into whatever it is that you guys follow. Yes, you do have anti-gay stuff. You still can get fired and lose your house because of this shit in this state. 
and you won't give equal rights, equal laws to people, and you still refuse to make fucking hate crimes a thing. You are a backwards-ass state, and I still live here, but I'm fighting every goddamn week for this stuff. So the Utah State Board of Education spokesman, Mark Peterson, said the board had no comment on the request for the injunction because it has not seen the filing. He referred questions to the Attorney General's office, Ooh, that guy's a fucking peach, uh, where spokesman Dan Burton said the case is being reviewed and a response will be filed next month. Boy, moving at the speed of fucking mud on this one, aren't you guys? And the article goes on. This, this comes from ABC News. Uh, several states have similar laws. There's a lot of sibilants there. The Utah laws include a provision that prohibits instruction on advocacy of homosexuality, contraceptives, and sex outside of marriage. Because, you know, if we don't talk about it, it doesn't happen. Right? Right, Utah? Isn't that how it works? The provision was part of a statewide, uh, I'm sorry, a wide-ranging sexual education bill passed with little dissent in 2001. Because this state is majority controlled. How about that? What the hell? The, the Utah State Board of Education adopted a similar rule a year earlier that applies to any class that covers marriage, childbirth, or parenthood. Supporters say the laws targeted in this lawsuit bar talk in schools about any kind of sex. And the court case could result in a wholesale changes to teaching other topics such as abstinence before marriage. Um, doesn't work. Abstinence doesn't work. And you know what? If they're having gay sex, they're not going to get pregnant. So you guys should really be pushing for the gay thing. I mean, you... Oh, wait. You want babies. I forgot about that. You guys... Oh, wait. You don't want to take care of them after they're out of the womb, but you want to make sure nobody can do anything to them while they're in there. You know, because the moment that egg hits that sperm, ooh, baby, that's a human. Right? Right. I think I got it right. Utah? I think I'm right there. So this case marks the latest effort by LGBT advocates in this state to tear down what they see as a discriminatory practices in the conservative state that, why do you got to call it that, until recently has seen as a hostile environment for gays and lesbians. Except at Salt Lake, come to Salt Lake, we love you guys here. You have the biggest pride in the country. It's great. Uh, three of the plaintiffs in the case are Utah students, including a boy in kindergarten who was targeted in a school bathroom. He was burned on a hot metal slide and beaten by other students for wearing dresses. A kindergartner beaten and abused because of being different. My kids are in kindergarten, right? Well, at least two of them are. And the, to think something like this could possibly happen at a school that my kids are going to, that's bullshit. I mean, I my kids have the ability of hiding their atheism. They don't even know what an atheist is because they but they're just not religious. So when kids are like, "Oh, do you go to church?" and they're like, "No, we go to Lagoon," I'm like that's funny as shit. But at the same time, they're not going to be abused for it. But yet, when you have a little boy that might be trans or might be gay, and people automatically start picking on him, and just God damn it, this state. <sighs> His mother was told in 2014 that the law kept administrators from telling the other kids it was okay to be gay or for other children perceived as boys to wear girls' clothes, according to the suit. The mother eventually pulled her son out of school. Thank goodness for you. Thanks for being a good mom, because that's fucking ridiculous. The group say that the laws also led a school district to put a book about a lesbian couple raising children behind the library counter in 2013 and require parent permission to check it out. 
thank goodness that the ACLU took part in that one and they had it they had it put back on the shelves because they sued. So in this latest court filing, the groups contend that the law send the wrong message. The prohibition tells gay students that their sexual orientation is less valid than that of hetero students, and thus that they themselves are less valued. It's called a microaggression. You guys should look that one up. Yes, we're playing SJW bingo here. Kellyanne, what are people saying about my cabinet appointments? Do they love them? Um, they're certainly uh, very passionate about them. I just saw one uh, very nice tweet saying that they were, um, they were great for our nation and the future of our children. Tremendous. Who sent that? David Duke. Kelly, okay. <laughs> can I say something? I just want to thank you for all you've done. I wouldn't be president without you. I think about that every day. <laughs> I know I've been trying to keep it mostly Trump-free when I'm talking about this kind of stuff, but I wanted to bring up a, a little bit of good news, and this comes from Yahoo News, amazingly. Uh, the ACLU has raised over $10 million since Saturday morning and has gotten over 150,000 new members, uh, which is an unprecedented response to the executive order that Herr Cheeto put out blocking it, about blocking immigrant, immigrant entry into the United States from citizens of predominantly Muslim countries, but it's not a Muslim ban. No, 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 no. Uh, Anthony Romero, executive director of the ACLU, said, I've never seen anything like this. People are fired up and want to be engaged, which, yes, we are, and yes, they are, because it's fucking amazing. Uh, what we've seen is a unprecedented, that's how you spell it, Trump, reaction to the challenges of the Trump administration. So I just think it's fucking amazing that people are coming together to push against our current president. But we're not doing it the way the GOP did. We're doing it through, you know, people actually having calls for action and people calling their elected representatives, peaceful protesting. We're making those Tea Party assholes look like a fucking basket of chumps deplorables Trump? no i don't know drums whatever with republicans controlling both houses of congress and the democrats in disarray and lacking any spine the two pinchers of opposing trump have to be litigation and citizen action and we're seeing that because a federal judge put out an injunction against the fucking order and we've also seen fight back from the the border patrol agents where they're or the Customs and Border Patrol, where they, they didn't want to let the people out, even though the judge said not to. So they had to call in the marshals on this thing. So we're facing a a constitutional crisis with this whole thing, because you have the legislative branch, you have, I'm sorry, the judicial branch with the marshals fighting against the executive branch with the Customs and Border Patrol. And they're not allowing elected officials to go in and talk to these people bad fucking idea. You don't want to shit on the people that approve your budget every year. So Romero was talking about how he's um, they're, they're really pu pushing themselves into being the forefront here for the battle against Trump. They're, they're going to be filing multiple lawsuits and they're all going to cost lots of money. Uh, but they're going to be seeking documents on Trump's business ties because amazingly the Middle Eastern countries that were not included on the list of banned countries were ones that he happens to have dealings in all of them in. It's kind of funny about that. And so with 
Trump signing all these executive orders and everything that he's trying to push out, he's going to be running afoul of the the um the judicial branch quite often. There's going to be people suing him on just about every fucking action that he's putting out there, and as we should. So, so as Romero was telling it, efforts were starting to pay off even before the weekend. Um, with the immigration thing happening. The membership has more than doubled since the November election, jumping from about 400,000 to over 1 million. There's over 1 million members of the ACLU. Uh, there's every sign that this is going to continue. I mean, because we've had marches and more marches, and there's marches going on, protests going on. He doesn't, the, the, the president, and I can't call him elect anymore, President Trump doesn't seem to understand that he does not have a mandate. He got elected essentially by 18% of the United States. And he's acting like he won the whole fucking country. And it's just not the case. Guy needs to step down. He needs to stop. And he needs to be stopped. So, uh, we're part of the resistance. Welcome. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, this is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. I've had, I can't tell you how many cups of coffee in my life, and this, this is one of the best. Well, we don't have an interview for you guys this week, but we do have a, uh, a main topic that I, I really wanted to kind of get into, and I'm going to try to make this not as brief as I possibly can, because there's, there's a bunch here to unpack, but things are not well within the great and spacious building here in Utah. The, the Mormon church is, um having to grow up, it looks like. And I bring this up not only because the they're going to be facing the stuff that uh, Mark Lawrence and those guys are setting up trying to get stories from people recovering from Mormondom and the, the sexual abuse that they do. But there's also a number of websites out there now that are releasing some great information. You have Mormon leaks. Not the original Mormon leaks. There was the Mormon WikiLeaks, which somebody had to change their name because the Wiki people didn't like it. But they, they're the ones who released the pay stubs for the general authorities and all the apostles and everything. So I, I think it's amazing that their, their facade is starting to crumble a little bit. And I think anybody that has a shelf built with the Mormon church, they're going to see a lot more of this happening. That's going to be crumbling on them quite a bit more. Uh, one of the one of the fun little news items I wanted to bring up is that BYU is going to have to adapt if they want to keep if they want to keep themselves as a big college. They're going to have to change quite a bit. I mean, they've already had to change to keep their law school open there; otherwise, the bar association wasn't going to allow it. But now, the BYU Air Force ROTC program is being it's being considered to move it from BYU to UVU. And if they're moving because the because there's a colonel at the ROTC program that refuses to follow the BYU honor code. And that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, Colonel Timothy Hogan, he's the commander of Detachment 855 of the Air Force ROTC program is not LDS. 
and Hogan told BYU student newspaper that his unwillingness to sign the honor code is forcing the program to move to UVU, which is in Orem. He told the university president in an interview that I would happily abide by the honor code on campus, in uniform and on duty, but if I wanted to have a cup of coffee at my house, they said, no, that's not acceptable. Good for you, Colonel. It's fucking amazing. Hogan is on a three-year assignment from the Air Force. He's, he's there on assignment. He's a colonel that's there to bring people in from the college to join the Air Force and to get new officers. I did ROTC in college. I know exactly what's going on there. But here's the thing. The Mormon church isn't willing to waver on people you know, having lives outside of their religion. They want to be the, the standard bearer for everything. They want to be able to control every goddamn thing. So, he's on this three-year assignment from the Air Force, and BYU did not approve a request to waive the honor code requirements. He said they didn't recognize him as a professor, even though he's there as that, specifically to teach ROTC. They wouldn't even allow him to instruct, and that's one of the requirements for him as a commander. So you have BYU bristling at the fact that the guy wants a cup of coffee and is not going to sign the honor code, which is going to force this program which a lot of people that are there for ROTC, they're going to BYU, they're going to have to change schools because if you're in ROTC, you have to stay with that detachment. I mean, especially if you're contracted. So So on Friday, Hogan confirmed to the Salt Lake Tribune, that's where we got this from, that his statements uh, to the student paper, the Defense Department spokesman told the Tribune via email that the schools and the department were reviewing all available options in order to reach a mutually beneficial agreement. There's not going to be an agreement. The church is going to take what they want, and they're not going to bend on this because it's BYU, and ROTC doesn't bring in the money like the bar with the, uh, with the law professors and everything did. So they already share the ROTC program, according to this article at BYU and UVU. There's, there's 29 students at UVU and 121 at BYU. And it's common because they, they share proximity to each other, but that's going to be a hell of a shift. I mean, you're going to have students that are going to have to, they're going to have to go to UVU to get their training because they're going to be not being able to get those classes at BYU and BYU is probably not going to allow that to happen elsewhere. But the, the real interesting thing here is that this is them sticking to their guns about their fucking honor code, but it's just getting them in trouble, more and more trouble. I, I don't understand how... I don't understand how they, they still consider themselves a religion, especially when I hear stuff like how they've... The, the City Creek Center has donated a gift basket to the Atheist of Utah Gala that's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's like, how can you be a... A Christian or a, a Mormon owned business and donate to secular causes? What the fuck is up with that? But the, the LDS church really is in trouble. Not everything is right in the world. Like we like I said, we had the, the Mormon leaks where they released the the pay stubs and a bunch of other information. I mean, we talked at length one episode about the the cost of things that, that are inside the temple. So I mean there's leaked documents coming out all over the place. There's a whole bunch of them on uh, Reddit X Mormon. That's a slash R slash ex Mormon. Uh, but we also have a fifth Navajo 
uh, person. A fifth person has filed the lawsuit against a Mormon church accusing religious officials of not doing enough to protect Navajo children from sexual abuse. This is the, this is, I think it's the fifth time that we've seen this happen that a, there was a Navajo nation court by a woman who says that she was sexually abused as a teenager over a three year period from 68 to 71 by her foster father at a house in Spanish fork. She said she was 15 years old when the abuse began to happen. The woman suffered from emotional and physical problems as a result of the abuse, uh, among other items. Uh, the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints declined to comment on the new case because they, they're they dead to rights. Everybody, you know you're guilty as shit, but they're going to somehow slink out of it. I mean, but this is a church where bad stuff keeps happening within it. I mean, they're at that point, they're at that critical mass of religion having enough people in it and enough money in it that, you know, corruption is, ab- is you know, corrupting absolutely. They have too much money, and so they start paying lawyers and shit, and they try, they let people get away with horrible shit inside the church. I I, I don't know a better way of putting it, but they're they're at a point right now where they they're really going to cause their own downfall. There's a lot of people leaving because, I mean, shit, if you even research basic LDS stuff online with a skeptical eye, you're going to not have that basis of faith anymore because it's fucking wafer thin. It's paper thin. But people are still choosing to believe it. I've got all sorts of neighbors that still believe it. I've got a people in the family that are still very much Mormon. I... I don't get it. I never will. Okay, that does it for this week's current events. Uh, we're, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode coming out on Wednesday, which is going to be our features portion of the show. However, before leaving, I need to give all of the praise to our patrons who support the show each week. If you too wish to support us, uh, please do so by going to patreon.com slash Outcast. So many thanks go out to our sustaining patrons, Dan Ellis, Luis Cruz, Jeff Linville, and Mike Bowman for all the help and love that they've shared with us. However, a larger spoonful goes to goes to uh, Danny Lopez, our highest sustaining patron. Uh, don't think that we only thank those that donate to us, because if you want to shout out but don't have the budget to do so, a quick review or subscribe uh, or on whatever you catch us on helps a ton. But we'll make sure we give you all the due praise that's coming to you. Uh, I would say thank you to the panelists for joining me. However, we don't have any. Uh, anyway, catch you guys on Wednesday. And remember, you're welcome.